For some weeks now on Fridays, we've been on the subject called redeemed from the curse of the law. And we're, we're pretty stirred up about it, right? If you haven't been with us, we've covered a lot of ground already. Go out to the Word Supply after the service or quickest, easiest ways to go online and you can watch, listen to, download all of it. It won't cost you anything. But uh, the Word has, if you just keep feeding on it, if it's anointed and quickening of the Spirit, it will push unbelief and doubt and fear out of you if you just keep receiving it. And it'll fill you with faith and expectation and, and like we were singing earlier, joy. So um, if you're not that excited about it, you hadn't heard enough of it. Or you were sleeping when it was going on or you were letting your mind drift or something. But th that's the great thing about hearing it again because if you didn't get it that time, hear it again, right? Go over it again and you can tell when revelation is coming to you, you will get excited every time because it quickens you. It, it's, it's life. God's Word is life. Look with me in Galatians, the third chapter. Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 says, Galatians 3, 6, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. Abraham was a type of being justified by faith, just like we are today in Christ. He, he knew God personally. He wasn't born again, but he knew God personally. And God called him his friend. And without any kind of law or commandments, he chose to trust God and completely obey him throughout his life. And I understand that's exactly what we do today, right? We Same thing exactly. And uh, Abraham heard the good news. And uh, part of that is that in you shall all nations be blessed. Here, the gospel is, let me say it like this, the blessing that God spoke to him in Genesis 12 is called the gospel. The gospel. I, I've heard people say, you know, well, we trying to find fault with us. So we, we don't preach all that healing stuff and all that prosperity stuff. We just preach the gospel. <laughs> well, you can't fully preach the gospel without talking about the blessing. And if you preach the same gospel that Paul preached and Jesus preached, people will get delivered and they'll get healed when they hear it and act on it too. No, there's much more to it than some have thought. He said, in you shall all nations be blessed. Now, keep this in mind as we read the next couple of verses. Verse 9. So then, they which be of faith are what? Are what? 
blessed. Does blessing matter? Is it a big deal? Most of the church is just woefully ignorant of the subject of blessing. And if you want to understand blessing, you need to understand the other side of it too, cursing. And, uh, you know, with so many people, the only thing they know about blessing is if somebody says, ah, choo, they go, God bless you, which is to say nothing, to know nothing. That's just a tradition. No, in the beginning, we, we saw this last week, when God created the fowl and, and the creatures of the ocean and all that, the Bible said he blessed them by saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill up the earth. And he made Adam and Eve and he said the same thing over them, same thing over human beings, be fruitful and multiply and fill up the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, when God says be, he's creating. He's releasing power. So blessing is power. Blessing is life. Blessing is goodness. Hallelujah. When the Lord says be, then the pow- there's power in his words to cause that to come to pass. You know, in, in King James, for instance, in Genesis, it says that he said, let there be light. But actually, probably a more accurate translation would be that he said, light be. And it became. Hallelujah. And if, you know, sometimes people say, well, I, I, I don't believe that. You can't prove it didn't happen that way. <laughs> you can, no, you cannot. And anything else that you say, you know, Big Bang Theory, whatever. Did you hear that last word? Theory. It's still a theory. Theory means it's somebody's guess. Evolution is a theory. It's taught for fact, but it's not. There's a lot of other things. Same way. You got to watch about just taking what somebody says all the experts agree on. When you hear that, you know they told you wrong. Right? There's no field where all the experts agree. Right? They're human beings. Anyhow, the B is the way the blessing is released. Hallelujah. And uh, when the Lord releases these things, they keep going. They don't just fade out and stop. We still have light, we still have gravity. And that blessing is still in the earth. If you don't believe it, how'd we go from two to seven and a half billion? Be what? Fruitful. And what? Multiply. And fill up the earth. 
That's what happened with all the animals and all the plants and everything else. Well, the Bible calls the blessing God spoke to Abraham. Here it called it the gospel. And uh, he goes on to say, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it's written, Cursed is everyone that continues not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it's evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that does them shall live in them. The law was not of grace and faith. It was you did it and so you deserved to be. But with us, and, and mankind did not rise up to that. They, they came short of that. But with us, we are qualified by what Jesus has done for us, by grace, and we receive it and profess it by faith. Amen? Which means, now get this everybody, which means you don't deserve it. And you actually, you want to get that word out of your vocabulary, talking about yourself and others. This is a big part of what's wrong with our society. Some people call it entitlement, other things that people think just because they're born, they deserve a certain quality of life and a certain, somebody said, well, don't they? Why would you? Based on what? Why are you owed something? Because you exist. That's acting like there's no creator. And it's acting like man is the source and fix for all problems. But the truth is, there is a God. There is a creator. He's the provider. And he, Jesus has already given us all manner of things, all things that pertain to life and godliness, the Bible says. But we didn't deserve any of it. Y'all with me now? He will do amazing things for you if you'll believe him and obey him. But don't start saying you deserve it. Or you'll fail of the grace of God. Because if you deserve it, it can't be grace. Grace means you don't deserve it. But you can still enjoy it. <laughs> right? I mean, the only way you can be born again, whether you say the exact words or not, is that you acknowledge you don't deserve to be saved. You haven't earned righteousness and salvation. You need a Savior. Come on, can you see this? If you think you're righteous enough in who you are and what you've done to be saved by just who and what you are and how you've lived, you are lost. You are not saved. You have to acknowledge, I couldn't do it. I couldn't attain the holiness of God and the righteousness of God in my efforts. I couldn't save myself from the curse and from my sin. I need a Savior. I didn't earn it. I didn't merit it. I didn't deserve it. 
But Jesus came anyway. And he bought me. And he gave it to me. And so if he thought enough to do that. I'm going to receive it. Is that right? I'm going to receive it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to receive it. And I'm going to enjoy it. But I don't deserve it. Help your neighbor out. Look at him and say I don't deserve it. But I do enjoy it. <laughs> I, do, I do enjoy it. <laughs> anyway. That's what grace is all about. You're enjoying something. You didn't deserve. You didn't earn. <laughs> Verse 13. Oh some of the greatest words you'll ever hear. Christ. The anointed one. Has, not, not in the process of, not going to one day, hath, we'd say has redeemed us. A lot of people stop right there, but don't stop right there. What, what you've been redeemed from? From the curse of the law. Now, if you don't know what the curse of the law is, you don't know what you've been redeemed from. And you don't know what to resist and stand against. Just because something's in your life. A bad thing. That does not mean it's God's will for it to be there. The devil's an outlaw. He's criminal of the criminals. He's a thief. Is that right? He's a liar. He's a murderer. He's a destroyer. He will do anything he can get away with. And in order to be safe and protected, you have to stand up against his assaults. Didn't the Bible say, give the devil no place, neither give place to the devil? And then it said also, resist the devil. Well, why would you have to resist him? Because even though you're redeemed and legally, spiritually deserve no curse. Did you hear that or not? If you are righteous, you deserve no curse. We received righteousness just like somebody who had perfectly kept the law. <laughs> Which means because of what Jesus has done, we should not be cursed. We should be blessed. And we are. Right? <laughs> and so we should be fully persuaded that the curse has no right in my life. Now there's a lot of stuff. Showing up all over the place. That doesn't mean it has a right to be there. And so what are we going to do? We are going to resist. Anything that looks. Smells or sounds. Or feels like a curse. Of the law. So we better familiarize ourselves. With what that is. So that any time. Any of the curse of the law tries to show up, we shut it down. We say, no, you don't. Not in my life. Yeah, but you've messed up and you've done this and you've done that. That has nothing to do with it. I'm washed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been made righteous, which means I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Oh, somebody say, I've been redeemed. Christ has redeemed me. From the curse of the law. Because it's written. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And he did. That the blessing of Abraham. 
might come on the Gentiles. On me. Through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Two big things here. The curse has no place and no right in my life now. And not that I've earned it, but I've been made righteous to receive the blessing. Can you say amen? amen. Because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did. No curse and all the blessing. That's the best deal you ever heard in your life. Is that right? <laughs> And it's because Jesus, who deserved no curse, took our place and became a curse, hung on the tree, the cross, as the worst criminal, and judgment fell on him there. He didn't deserve the curse. He didn't deserve the punishment. He didn't deserve the judgment, just like we didn't deserve the blessing. But he took it. Did he take it or not? He took it. So what does that mean? We get... The blessing. We get it. Even though we didn't deserve it, we, we still get it. He didn't deserve the curse. But he took it anyway. Go with me back to Leviticus, please. The 26th chapter. Now, uh, this is one of the first places that you usually when we talk about the blessing and curse of the law, you think about Deuteronomy 28. And that is probably the most detailed. But you, you find it first in Leviticus. And so let's take a look at that right now. Leviticus chapter 26. Are you glad to be redeemed? Yes. And blessed. Hallelujah. Leviticus 26. Go ahead and turn back there in your Bible. And again, if you, you know, that's why we said if you didn't bring a Bible to put your hand up because uh, you want to... Uh, Make sure you get these verses so that you don't, you don't forget them. You take them with you out of the service here. They become yours. In, in Leviticus 26, look in verse 1. He said, You shall make to you no idols, nor graven image, neither rear up any standing image, neither shall you set up any image of stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. You know, this is still true today. You should not pray in front of pictures, even so-called pictures of Jesus. Did y'all hear me? Are any statues of Mary? Are y'all with me? Are any, any kind of thing? The Lord forbid it. He forbid it. And uh, he said, you'll keep my Sabbaths. Now, now this is I said the Lord showed me something today. And this is it. He's about to talk about the blessing and curse of the law. And he says you'll keep my Sabbaths. And reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. And then. This sounds just like Deuteronomy 28. If you walk in my statutes. And keep my commandments and do them. Then I'll give you rain in due season. And the land shall yield her increase. And the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Now before we go further, what's going to make that happen? What power is going to make this happen? 
The blessing. You remember in Proverbs it says, The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Like we saw in Genesis, what causes the sea to be fruitful, the land to be fruitful? Because the Lord released the blessing when he said, the Bible said he blessed it and said, be fruitful and multiply. So we're talking about the power of the blessing causing the rain, causing the land to yield its increase, causing the trees of the field to yield their fruit. And then get this in verse 5 now. Your threshing shall reach to the vintage, and the vintage shall reach to the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. This is actually a definition of prospering. If you look up the words in the Hebrew and the Greek, to, to prosper means to reach. Why would you say that? Well, if you have a prosperous journey, that means you successfully, safely reached your destination. Well, the blessing of the Lord causes your money to reach. Your provision to reach. If you have more weak than you do paycheck, that's not blessing. Did I say something wrong? You know what I mean by weak? You run out of money before you run out of month. <laughs> then your money didn't reach. Can you see this, guys? And uh, in Corinthians, where he talks about always having all sufficiency in all things and abounding to every good work, the blessing results not just in sufficiency, but in excess, abundance. And we should not settle for coming up short. If we're coming up short over and over again, something's not right. It's a curse to come up short. That's not the blessing. All of us have had less than perfect provision. But are we going to base our beliefs on our hit and miss experiences? Or are we going to base them on the Word of God? One of the greatest things we can get out of this series is to understand that a blessing is a blessing, is always a blessing, and never a curse, never has been, never will be a curse, right? And how about a curse? It's a curse, it's always been a curse, it always will be a curse, and there is no such thing, no matter how many preachers or confused Christians say it, there is no such thing as a curse, which is a blessing in disguise. No such thing. No such thing. And yet there is massive confusion about this subject. Cancer is a curse. Ain't no way God blessed you with some cancer. 
What do you mean, Brother Keith? If you've had some, what do you do? You fight it with everything in you. You don't treat it like it's a gift from God. Come on, are y'all with me? You fight it in the natural. You fight it in the spirit. You treat it like a snake in your house. Is that right? We're getting it out. You don't even entertain the idea. It might be God's will and plan for me to be sick with this. It's a curse. Have we read enough in the scriptures to see that all those diseases were mentioned in the curse of the law and even went on to say anyone that wasn't specifically named there was part of the curse of the law? And tell me the good news. According to Galatians 3.13, can you see why I used the word gospel right there? We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Ain't no way AIDS is a blessing. Hmm? No way heart failure is a blessing. Right? No way deterioration of the brain is a blessing. No way. Not in any form, fashion, or degree. And not having enough money to pay your bills is not a blessing. Disease is evil. It's a killer. It destroys Bodies that God made in his likeness and image. And it'll twist them and distort them and destroy them until they don't even resemble God anymore. His image. Poverty is a killer. There are people who died today on the planet because they didn't have enough food to sustain their body. That's poverty. It's evil. It's a killer. It's a destroyer. Well, Not being able to pay your electric bill, it didn't kill you, but it's just a small taste of the same thing. It's lack. It's a curse. It's not a blessing. And Isaiah, he warned us, don't call evil good and good evil. Don't do that. No. It's good to know what to receive and what to resist. Right? Change your life. No, you don't get in condemnation because some of it showed up in your life. The enemy is an outlaw. We've already talked about that. Right? He'll do anything he can, but uh, he should not expect you to take it laying down. Or to just give up and quit and accept it and believe the lie that it came from God. Jesus said, the thief comes not except he comes to steal and to kill and destroy. He said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Do we believe what Jesus said? He said, I didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And Peter, it says that God's not willing that any should perish. Are there people perishing? Oh yeah, but it's not God's will. It's not his will. If you believe the Bible, people believe all kinds of stuff other than the Bible. Aren't you glad for the Bible? Because what will the truth do for you? It'll make you free. Good to be free. Now say it out loud. Reach. The blessing is, is power that manifests that causes resources to come to reach. So you have plenty enough 
and more. That's results of the blessing. And if we're not experiencing that, then it's not God's fault. He hasn't changed. His will hadn't changed from blessing to curse. So we need to check up on ourselves. What are we doing? Are we doing what he told us to do? Hmm? Are we where we're supposed to be? Doing what we're supposed to be doing. Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing with our resources? Hmm? Are we believing what he said, right? Because when we are doing what he said to do, he is well able and he is faithful to cause more than enough to come into our lives so that we reach. We don't run out. We reach and have, have left, have left over. Y'all believe that or not? He said, let's read it again. Verse 5, your threshing will what? Reach to the vintage. That's harvest will reach to your store. Your store will reach to the sowing time. And you'll eat your bread to the full. So we're not rationing it. And you'll dwell in your land safely. Skip down to verse uh, 9. I'll have respect to you and make you fruitful and multiply you. Does that sound familiar? What did he just say? Blessing. Right? Which is also gospel. Of course it's good news, right? Curse is bad news. Blessing is good news. And establish my covenant with you and, verse 10, come on, get this, and you shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. Well, you sure didn't run out. What does that mean? Well, you're getting in your crop. God gave you a bumper crop. You had record yields. And you realize, yeah, but I still got half that harvest from last year. I got I to gotta get that out. Have room put the new. Now, how about tithing we just read about in Malachi 3? I'll open the windows of heaven. Part of that includes rain and blessing. Actually, rain is a type of blessing. It's a picture of blessing. And he said, uh, I'll pour out a blessing on you. You didn't have room to receive it. This is God's will all the time. His will is never just enough. His will is always more than enough. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. What did the 23rd Psalm say? My cup, about half full, my cup runs over. Runs over. Now, this is chapter 26. In the beginning of our study, we read from chapter 25. And I want you to back up there. Thank you, Lord. 25, verse 2, 25, 2, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath. You're going to keep seeing this. What's that have to do with it? Glad you asked. We're going to talk about it. Keep a Sabbath unto the Lord 
six days, excuse me, six years, you'll sow your field, and six years you prune your vineyard and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year, it'll be a, a Sabbath of rest to the land. A Sabbath for the Lord, you shall neither sow your field nor prune your vineyard. That which grows of its own accord of your harvest, you shall not reap. Neither gather the grapes of your vine undressed. It's the year of rest. Everybody say year. Year Year. of rest. Unto the land. Year. God's orders were to take one day off in seven. The seventh day you were to do no work. None. Not a little. None. And you are to rest. And every seven years, you're to let the land rest, and you rest, and your oxen, and your donkey, for the year. Every week, a day off. Every six years, a year off. (laughs) And he, he was very serious about it. I mean, he was displeased with them when they didn't do it. And because it was combined with a bunch of other disobedience. And we maybe we'll see some of it. I'll see how far we get tonight. But uh, it wasn't just a suggestion. But here's something that we saw it in the beginning. And the Lord brought me back to it today. Verse uh, 20. He said, uh, if you say, what shall we eat the seventh year? So he preempted them on this because he knew they're saying, we can't afford to take off. For a year? We can't afford to miss a whole year of crops. We have to work. There's all kind of people that say they can't come to church. They can't do other things. Why? Because they have to work. Can't afford to. And what we see... (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. He said, if you say that, what are we going to eat? We're not, gonna, we're not even going to plant a crop. Okay, we just, we just hit uh, December and we're into a new year on our calendar. Theirs is a little different from that, but same idea. And so let's say this was the sixth year and now we're into a new year, so our whole society is agrarian. You know, you don't have all of the refrigeration. You don't have all the stuff, you know, like we have today. You need to grow crops to live, to exist. But because of the word of the Lord, we are not even going to hook up the oxen all year long. Oxen, get off. 
donkeys and mules get off, horses get off, everybody get off. We're not going to plow the land. We're not going to plant anything all year long. And if some stuff, you know, could come up by itself, not, not too much if you didn't plant anything, but maybe some scattered stuff. Best I can see, you could eat a fresh mess of something, but you do not gather it. There is no harvest. You don't harvest anything. Because not just you, but the land is getting a year off. You get off, your wife gets off, kids get off, cows get off. Donkeys get off. The lands get off. What is required to be able to do that? <laughs> well, keep reading. He said, you'll say, what will we eat? We're not going to sow. We're not going to gather. He said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to command my blessing upon you in the sixth year. And it'll bring forth fruit for three years. This is blessing power. I said, this is blessing power. The NIV says it like this. I will send you such a blessing in the sixth year that the land will yield enough for three years. And while you plant during the eighth year, you will eat from the old crop. Is that what we read? We just read about in the 26th chapter. You'll eat from the old crop and you'll continue to eat from it until the harvest of the ninth year comes in. You have to have a lot of extra to take off for a year. See, this idea of I got to work three jobs and I got to work seven days a week, that's not being blessed. And, and got to work so much and so many hours that you got no time with family, no time with spouse. That is not being blessed. God's blessing empowers you to take days off. In their case, a year. A whole year. Why? Because they had enough extra resources because of the blessing that it reached. It reached from year six to year nine. Woo. Now, with that in mind, look in uh, Proverbs where we've, we've quoted this before, but look at it. Proverbs uh, 10 and 22. What does it say? The what? The blessing of the Lord. It makes rich. Put, put up on the screen before we read this further. Deuteronomy 8.18. Deuteronomy 8.18. It said, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he that does what? gives you power to get wealth 
that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. All of this blessing, it is for our benefit. It is based on what Jesus has done. It also is a big part of our witness. And it gives us the ability to get it, to enjoy it, and to give it. Are y'all with me, friends? Remember, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's a blessing to receive what you need, but when you are able to be not the one in need, but the one whose needs are all met, and you got extra, is God able to do this? Can you see what his will is? But see, his first covenant people absolutely refused to do this. They wouldn't do it. He was trying to teach them this. As soon as they got out of Egypt with the manna test. Anybody remember about the manna test? What did he say? He said, uh, <laughs> at one point, he said, you know, on the Sabbath, what did he say? Don't go out to get any. So what'd they do? They went out to, why? Why? Because of this thing. This poverty mentality, we can't afford to miss a day. We can't afford, we might need it. We might run out, and that will prevent you from resting. Even if you accumulated extra in your accounts, you still got that gnawing fear, I could lose it all, and I might run out, so I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. It prevents you from resting. And if you're not resting, you're not in faith. And if you're not in faith, you're not pleasing God. True or not? The blessing, he said, he talked about, you remember the Lord your God. It's he that gives you power to get it. Now with that in mind, read uh, Proverbs 10, please. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord, what? Does that sound like power? If it's making something happen, there's power. Power to do what? To make rich. Other translations say wealthy. And he adds no sorrow with it. Now the last part of this verse is interesting. Because some scholars from their study of manuscripts, they arrive at a little bit different phrase. So let me read. The Amplified includes both of them. Because the Amplified guys, they don't care how much space they take up. (laughs) Just to add another line. And I like that about them, don't you? They're like, just explain it, you know. In the Amplified, it says, The blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. And here's that other phrase. Neither does toiling increase it. Listen to uh, 
to other translations. The Living Bible says, brings up that same idea. So you can see numerous scholars in different projects came up with some of the same idea from studying the manuscripts. They said the Lord's blessing is our greatest wealth. And all our work adds nothing to it. It's contrasting what the blessing does for you is separating it from what you produce through your hard work. It's distinguishing it. The message says God's blessing makes life rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. (laughs) Holman says the Lord's blessing enriches and struggle adds nothing to it. The good news says it's the Lord's blessing that makes you wealthy and hard work can make you no richer. Well, if it could, then hard work can produce greater results than the blessing. No way, no how. Right? And see, man and woman's pride likes to think what I have, what they'd call their blessing, is the result of my hard work. Well, if your hard work produced it, the blessing didn't. Are y'all with me? Now, we're supposed to be diligent. We're supposed to do what the Lord tells us to do. All of us are supposed to work in our areas, but the blessing. God intends for it to do way beyond what you could ever produce through your work to the point where People could not just look at you and go, well, they're hard workers. That's why they have all this. They'd go, no, there's no way they could have done that. That's too much, right? The blessing made you rich. Oh, come on. Can you see that? It wasn't your three jobs. It wasn't working on Sunday. Come on, y'all listening. It was the blessing that made you rich. Don't let anybody give you credit. For the fruit of the blessings in your life. Don't you do it. Again that's acting. We're back to that deserve thing. It's true with us as churches. And as ministry. We're blessed. Everything we got. Paid for. Are we thankful? We're able to sow big to other people. But why is that? Don't you dare say. It's because your pastors are so smart. Don't you dare say that because we work so hard or because our, our doctrine is, is right. Or, or, see, see, you're giving the credit to people and that kind of, no, no, the blessing has made us rich. The blessing has made us rich. It's the power to get wealth, the power to get it. Is the blessing. See the the money. The currency is not the blessing. The car is a car. It's not the blessing. The house is a house. It's not the blessing. But the blessing. Empowered you. To be able to get it. And not just to be able to get it. I gave you three things. That the Lord gave me. Do you remember the second one? What was the second one? 
the blessing, go to Ecclesiastes. Let me give you scripture for it. Ooh, hallelujah. How can you take a day off and be okay? Because you were so blessed on the previous six days that you don't need to. And you're so confident in the blessing helping you next week that you can rest all day without worrying about I'm not working. See, just because you're off doesn't mean you're resting. And the Lord, without going there, you remember it, in Genesis, he created all the things he did on the six days. And the seventh day, he blessed it. Did you hear that? He sanctified it, and he blessed it, and he rested, which means he didn't do any work. He blessed it. Somebody say, he blessed it. He blessed it. It's so blessed, there was no work needed to be done. And it was was special from the other days. And he wants to demonstrate to the whole nation that he can do the same thing for a year. See, so we, we've got an epidemic in the country of fatigue. And half the nation's on some kind of drug. And sleep, no decent sleep. It's not just these natural issues. It's a lack of rest. And you can't rest through something that a drug induces. That's being semi-comatose. That's not resting. That's why you can wake up more tired than when you got knocked out. It requires two things to truly rest. It requires faith. You cast all your cares over on the Lord. You refuse to worry. You refuse to fret. You cast all your cares over on the Lord. And then the scripture said he gives his beloved sleep. And the blessing, hallelujah, does things to you while you sleep. It does things to your brain. It does things to your heart. It does things to your immune system. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) The scripture said in Hebrews, we which have believed do enter into rest. Rest. And it goes on to say that he that enters into rest, he ceases from his labors like God did from his on the Sabbath. But the thing that I hadn't seen like I see it now is what enables you to do that. It's the blessing. Can you see that or not? It's the blessing. It's the same reason why I could go a whole year without planting a crop or working a crop. Because God, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing made the sixth year so fruitful, multiplied it so much that we had a real vacation. God intends that we not just be dollar driven 
He intends that we have enough provision and abundance that we have time for family. We got time for spouse. We got time for kids. We got time for grandkids. We got we certainly got time for church. Is that right? We got time for prayer. We got time for reading the word. And what do so many people say they don't have time because of what? Because of what? Why work why? To get the money. To get the provision. That's because of complete reliance on the work instead of reliance on the blessing. And this verse, we've known it, we've quoted it, we've shouted about it, but oh, there is life-changing truth right here. What makes you rich? Working five jobs. Burning the candle at both ends. What? The blessing. That's not my hard work. That's something different from my hard work. Yes, I'm to do my job, do what I'm supposed to do, but God can and will provide and bless me so much further. Phyllis and I began to get a hold of this when uh, I was working at uh, Rama Bible Training Center, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry. And uh, she was working overseeing doctor's offices and things, and I was working in uh, healing school and prayer school every day, Monday through Friday. And we were doing well, but we we began to learn about some of these things. And the Lord began to, to reveal to us, your job is not your source. Her job is not your source. Your job is not your source. Say that out loud. My job is not my source. My investments are not my source. My family is not my source. My spouse is not my source. The government is not my source. Come on, you with me? A lot of people do not have this revelation. And that the Lord dealt with me, I can do so much more for you than what you can produce through your, your salary or through your work. Not that you shouldn't work, but you shouldn't limit yourself or your family to what you can produce. And so we begin to see the key to it is faith and vision and sowing and obedience. And so we begin to step up our sowing. We begin to step up our faith. And the last year we were there at the ministry. We put into Kenneth Hagin Ministries more than both of us made the whole year. On our job. How'd you do that? It wasn't the work. It wasn't the work that produced it. We sowed more seed into the ministry than both of our total salaries for the year. What does that mean? It's coming through other channels. Not because we were asking for it. And in those days, you know, most people didn't know who Keith Moore was. Not that a lot of people do now, but especially back then. We didn't have a bunch of partners and a bunch of this and a bunch of that. And yet, God knows who you are. He knows where you are. And he'd deal with people about this and deal with people about that. And it came in and it came in and it came in. What makes you rich? Come on, help me out. The, the blessing of the Lord 
And your hard work doesn't add to that. Your hard work doesn't supersede that. Yes, we should work. But we should rely much more on the blessing than we do the work. Where did I say go? Ecclesiastes. Yeah, I'm still, uh, I hadn't forgot about the three things. Do you know number one? The blessing of the Lord makes. It gives you the power to get it. The power to get it. Now we're talking about number two right now. In Ecclesiastes, third chapter, he talked about what was good, and this is the wisdom of God that God gave him. Ecclesiastes 3.13, what was good for men and women to do. He said that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. What's the gift of God? The ability to enjoy it. Look at the fifth chapter and the 18th verse. He, he goes into more detail here. Ecclesiastes 5:18. Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat, drink, and enjoy the good of all his labor that he takes under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth. Who gave it to him? God. Gave him what? Riches and wealth. That's the first thing we talked about. The blessing worked so that you were able to get it. But then this is something else. And has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. And there are a lot of church-going people that will try to shame you for having it, much less enjoying it. That's how far away from the Bible much of the church is. No. That's why we said the money is not the blessing. The house is not the blessing. The car is not the blessing. Because without the blessing, you can't even enjoy the house. Can you see this? Without the blessing, you can't, I don't care how nice the car is. You can be driving the most expensive car on the planet and be suicidal. No peace, no joy, relationships a disaster. Nobody to enjoy it with. Can you see what I'm talking about? At odds with God, no peace, no joy. Oh, but when the Holy Spirit is riding with you, and when He He reveals and quickens you that God's pleased with you, and you sense His presence, that is not the car. That's the blessing. Is that right? But it enables you to enjoy. Oh, somebody say enjoy. Enjoy. It enables you to enjoy what God gave you the power to get. 
Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him power. Well, what, what would that power be? That's blessing power. To eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor. I mean, you can't even enjoy a good meal without the blessing. I mean, if your stomach's so upset that you can't enjoy the meal, you got throat problems or you got tongue problems or you got intestine problems or colon problems or the list goes on and on. You need healing just to be able to enjoy a good meal. And we'll see in the next verse, he said, for he shall not much remember the days of his life because God answers him in the joy of his heart. And like they say, you know, uh, time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) Is that right? You're living in the blessing. You're receiving. You're enjoying. The third one I've already gave you is giving. Giving. I already mentioned that. But you're doing those things and yeah, that's not to say you never had any challenges in life. Or you, you did, but you overcame. You overcame. There was attack or a trial or issue, but you overcame. You overcame, and you won, and you won. Uh, but there's so much blessing and good things in your life until years are just passing by, passing by, and then you realize, I'm time for me to leave. And chapter 6, and this, this wasn't written in chapter and verse, the very next verse here, chapter 6 There is an evil which I've seen under the sun. He's still talking about the same thing. And it's common among men. Verse 2. A man to whom God has given riches, wealth, and honor, so that he wants nothing for his soul of all that he desires, yet God giveth him not power to eat thereof. But a stranger eats it. Now have you read Deuteronomy 28? Have you read Leviticus 26? How many times it said, you'll plant, somebody else will eat it. Is that right? Even your children. You'll bear children, somebody else will get them. That's a curse. Tell me the good news. You don't have to lose your stuff. You don't have to lose your health. You don't have to lose your mind. You don't have to lose your kids. All that's part of the curse. That's part of the curse. Don't accept that. No matter what you're seeing and hearing and feeling, it doesn't have a right in your life because of the redemption. And you say, oh no, oh no, oh no. I've been redeemed from losing my health, losing my sight, losing my mind, losing my wealth, losing my house, my business, and certainly my kids. I've been redeemed. How many know I'm not making this up? Do you find this in these scriptures? I mean, if we had time, and maybe we will before this is over, but it's very specifically details what exactly what I'm saying. And why wouldn't God be able to give you the power to eat it and enjoy it? He said this is an evil disease. And I've heard people say, you know, somebody worked hard, worked hard, and and then they wanted to retire and build them a house. And then uh, they got so sick they couldn't enjoy the house and lost everything they had. Well, you know, God had another plan. No. 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 Somebody else enjoying your house is a curse. 
somebody else getting your business, pennies on the dollar, is a curse. It's a curse. Ain't no way you can make a blessing out of it. God's blessing makes you rich. God's blessing empowers you, enables you to enjoy it, to partake of it, and enjoy it. And beyond that, you have enough to be able to rest, and enough beyond that to be able to give. Can you see that? Why wouldn't you say a man or woman in this condition is blessed? Why couldn't you say that? They're so blessed, they got time to rest. Is that right? Not not only do they have a lot of nice things, a lot of nice situations, they can enjoy them. They have the health to enjoy it. They got the time to enjoy it. They got the condition of mind. Good enough relationships to enjoy it. This, This is the blessing. This is the blessing. And not only that, they got abundance beyond this. They got abundance to give to every good work as the Lord directs. Can you say amen? Amen. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. God. And I've got a whole lot more I can tell you about it. (laughs) But I'm going to let you chew on that for now. Let's go go to 1 Timothy 6 and we'll close, I think, with this. 1 Timothy 6. Did this stir you about anything tonight? Do you believe these things are true? Now don't just take my word for it. Look at the scripture. Make sure you believe that's what the Lord's saying. And you know if it's it's him, you won't just find it in half of a verse. You find it multiple places. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. But God's will is not for us to be cursed. It's for us to be blessed. And Jesus went to great lengths. Did he or not? He hung on the cross. Why was he there? What was he doing? According to Galatians 3, he was getting the curse off of us. Is that right? And making it so we could have the blessing. Did he do it? Was he successful? Then I am redeemed. From all this dirty curse. All this terrible curse. I'm redeemed from it. And I am blessed. Blessed. With faithful Abraham, which includes all these things. Blessed when I go out. Blessed when I come in. Blessed in my basket. Blessed in my store. My kids are blessed. My investments are blessed. My dog is blessed. Is that right? Blessed, 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 blessed. But now what does that mean? We throw that word around. What does that mean? It's an empowerment. It's an empowerment to receive. It's an empowerment to enjoy. It's an empowerment to give. Not the stuff, that's not the blessing. It's this power that's the blessing. 1 Timothy 6 is in the New Testament. Did you know that? 1 Timothy 6.17. What does it say? Charge them that are rich in this world that they get rid of them old riches. Because you can't serve God with... No, that's people's religious ideas. The money's not the problem. You hear people misquote scripture often and say, you know, that money is the root of all evil. That is not what the Bible said. That is not a scripture. Tell me what it said. The love 
of money is the root of all kinds of evil and problems. And you can have that and not have a dime. Oh, you can, you can love money and that's all you do is think about money and want money. Night and day and not have any of it. Well, if that's true, then you could have money and not love it. If you could love it and not have it, you can have it and not love it. It's not the having the money that's the problem. It's the loving money. Covetousness. The thing is, if you're a good person and you're a giver, more money you got, more good you can do. Is that right? More good you can do. And if you're an evil person, more money you got, the more bad you can do. So it's just a way of expressing whatever you are. But uh, it said, don't be high-minded and don't trust in the riches. The riches are not the blessing. The riches are not the security. The riches are not the protection. No, they're not. God's going to be there no matter what happens in the market tomorrow. God's going to be there no matter who is president or king or prime minister or who's in the Senate or the House. God's going to be there. He's going to be there. And that blessing that he released all those years and all those millennia ago, it's going to work no matter who's in office. It's going to work no matter what the company does, what the corporate world does. Is it true or not? That's why we can say, you know, that God meets all my needs According to his, not according to the company or the government, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That doesn't run out. That doesn't change. That doesn't fail. Which means I'm going to eat good, wear good, live good, be able to give my entire life. My entire, no matter what else goes on. If, now, now, you know, if I'm going to disobey God and go crazy, well, that's another thing. But if I'll endeavor to follow him and do what he's called me to do, I'm going to be well taken care of. I am. Why? I'm blessed. With Papa Abraham. Faithfully. Is that right? Faithfully. Was he blessed his whole life? Everywhere he went, God looked out for him. Even with heathen kings and crazy people and unfaithful relatives and every other kind of thing, he came out of every situation with more cows and more sheep and more goats and more gold. Is that right? And more silver. Was he blessed his whole life long? Well, do we or do we not have the same thing? According to Galatians 3, that blessing is ours. Jesus hung on the tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Hallelujah. And that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Oh no, this life is not going to be perfect. And there's curse and there's junk down here and there's what have you. But the blessing makes it tolerable. Is that right? The blessing makes it doable. And you'll have some issues here and there, but greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And when he says, he didn't say get rid of everything. He said, don't be haughty. Don't be proud. Don't be high-minded. And don't put your faith in the stuff and the money. Keep your faith in the living God. Who what? Who what? 
not the bare minimum for you to subsist on. He gives you richly all things to enjoy. That's another word for what? For what? Blessing. Blessing, which is the power not only to get it, but the power to enjoy it and the power to give it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody.